everyone, you made it. Whether you're watching this online or in person, you've decided to be here at Christ Community Church and connect with us. We couldn't be more excited about that. We want you to know that you have a place right here at CCC, and we are so glad you could join us today. We'll be taking some time during our service today to join in communion and remember what Jesus did for us. If you're watching from home, now may be a good time to grab some juice and crackers or something else and have that ready when Pastor Daryl leads us in communion. You can find hope through the good news of Jesus Christ. He came to bring hope to a lost world and uses us to spread the good news of that hope. Engaging in community is a great place to start. We can help in that process if you would simply fill out a connection card, stop by the welcome desk in the lobby, or click connect on your screen. We'd love to serve you and serve with you. We all have an opportunity to join in worship through giving. If you're watching online, you can do this by texting CCC Rochester to 77977 or by simply clicking the give link on your screen. If you're here with us in person, you can place your offering in the boxes at the back of the auditorium as you leave. CCC wants to be a church of generous people who honor Jesus by loving each other and serving our neighbors. Thank you for your continued support and for helping us share the gospel message with the world around us. It's such a blessing to be able to come before the Lord in prayer. If you have any prayer requests, please write them on the back of a connection card and leave it at the welcome desk. If you're watching online, click request prayer and one of our hosts will be available to pray with you right then and there. Hey ladies, we have a super special dinner and movie night plan just for you coming up at the end of the month. This event will happen on Friday, February 26th, and you'll have a choice to watch either Instant Family or I Still Believe at Cinemagic Odyssey Theater. You'll also have the option to go out to dinner in a group of six, either before or after the movie. Head to the events page on our website for the link to register. There's limited seating available, so be sure to register soon. One simple way you can join in our mission is to follow or like Christ Community on Instagram and Facebook. We are at CCC Rochester and we post great content throughout the week for you to share with your friends. This is also a great way to stay connected. Now as we prepare for worship, know that you are loved by God and welcomed here. God has brought you here today for a purpose. Open your heart and mind to hear what God wants to teach you today. It's not just another weekend. It's another chance, another opportunity to join with us in worshiping our creator. And that starts right now. Whether you're online or in person, it's a great day to worship our King. So let's stand and do that.
right, church, we're gonna learn a new song today. And something that I really love about this song is that it talks about both who God is and also what his character is. He is the Lord God Almighty, holy, holy. He is the Lord of Lords and he is the King of Kings. Yet, he's a God of great love, great compassion. He's patient. And it's because of that great love that we are free from our bondage of sin. The chains that we have from our sins was left in the empty grave because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Amen. As we continue to worship today, let's just keep that in our minds and our hearts as we worship it.
guys could have a seat. I'm going to lead you through um, the beginning of our time of communion. The band's still got another song to sing before we actually take the elements, but I just wanted to give you something to think about. So we are here, and uh, those of you who are watching online, we, we sing those words, holy, holy, holy. And we sing them with a sense of reverence and sense of awe and uh, a desire to draw close to this God who is holy, holy, holy. That's a unique thing. It hasn't always been that way for the people of God. So I was preparing for our time of communion today. I was thinking back to, um, I'm reading through the Old Testament right now in my personal Bible reading and finished Exodus a little bit ago. And it's it's a section where God has called his people out of slavery in the nation of Egypt, and he's given them the instructions on how they're supposed to worship him. And he sets up this elaborate tabernacle that was the place that he would meet and he would be present in their midst uh, in that tabernacle. And they go through the, they fulfill all the elaborate instructions the people do. And after they have done everything that God says for them to do, then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. It's just this amazing moment where God came to be with people. But Moses, who's the leader of God's people, he was the prophet. He was, if there was a holy man, he was it. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The holiest guy was not, he wasn't able to enter the place where God had taken up residence. And so when those first people of God, when they heard holy, 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 for them it wasn't a awe, reverence, draw near moment. It was a, it was a arm's length. We want to be in the vicinity, but we want to be at a distance. And, and they needed to be at a distance because God is holy and people are not. And you and I have this incredible privilege of, of desiring to draw near to God because he has come near to us in Jesus. Jesus was hanging on the cross. The last words he said was, it is finished. And there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of things that were finished when Jesus said that. But one of the things that was finished when Jesus gave his life as a sacrifice for our sins was that arm's length relationship people, between people and a holy God. He is the sacrifice for our sins. He is, he is the one who brings us to the Father. He's the one who paid for our lives. He paid for our ransom. And so instead of, instead of a holy God being someone that we're afraid of and we want to make sure we stay at arm's length from, he's this Father that we want to draw near to. And that's all because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. So the band is gonna sing and I'm gonna come back up, but just, I wanted you to think in terms of Jesus' sacrifice, his body, his blood being broken for you so that, so that holy, holy, holy are words that, they're words of worship for you and words of relationship and not words of, of arm's length and distance. So, so either listen, let this, or sing along with the band, however you wanna do it, but after we finish this song, um, I'll come back and lead us through the elements of communion.
So communion can be um, somber moment, it can be a moment of celebration, it's a holy moment. It's a moment of faith. So maybe you sit or listening to me and uh, that idea of a, a holy God, there's, you just realize there's a lot of distance there and that that should be that way. And um, if you're feeling the desire to draw near, this can be a moment of faith for you. What God calls us to, the way he calls us into relationship with him is, is by putting our trust in Jesus as the one who, who died in our place to pay the penalty for our sins. So whatever your, whatever your goal was, however you were trying to get there in that relationship with God, to just to set that to the side and, and put your hope and your confidence in Jesus. And this could be your moment. This could be the moment that you do that. And so if you, um, if you would take the bread Jesus instituted this little ceremony for us the night before he went to the cross and he, he told his disciples it was how we were to remember him, to remember what he'd done for us. So he took bread and he broke it. He said, this bread is my body, which is broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. So let's eat the bread together. take your cup. He also told us that this cup is my blood which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Let's drink this in remembrance of me. So let's drink it together. Could I pray for us? Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Father, this is a, it's a holy moment. I'm really grateful that you, holy God, holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty would look at us in love. And although we were far from you, you moved towards us there was nothing we could do. We had literally dug our own grave. And you loved us in such a way that you gave your one and only son so that whoever believes in you will have eternal life. Not perish, we get to live forever in relationship with you. And so I'm really grateful that this is, this is not an arm's length moment. It's not the Lord God shows up and everybody else backs off. Thank you for being with us, for drawing us close, for loving us, for being our heavenly father. Jesus, this is all possible because, because of your love for us, your love for your father, your willingness to, to sacrifice yourself our behalf. And so, so we pray these things in your name. Amen. Well, guys, it's good to be with you. Everybody doing all right? Yeah, good. All right. So you're in person church. How about if we greet our online church community right now? Will you guys just give them a hand? Welcome them. So if I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here. It's my privilege to be able to, um, to worship with you today. Thanks for being with us. This has been great so far. Um, we're in this series that we are calling um, Pivot. Thank you, sir. Um, we're in this series that we're calling Pivot. And what we're, we're talking about at the start of 2021 is there's just some new things based on 2020. There are some things that have been maybe They've been part of our life and our conversation in days past, but they haven't really been things that we were looking right at and then were front and center for us 
And uh, we recognize that if we're going to receive all that God has for us in 2021, we've gotta look at some different things. I, I really believe the world fundamentally changed in 2020. And if you're sitting around waiting for it to get back to normal, I think you're gonna be really disappointed. I think there've been a lot of things that have changed and so we're in this kinda new normal that is a lot of back and forth right now and as things go, normal is gonna shift again and so we're in this unique season and, and really we have this great opportunity today to talk about our priorities. Before 2020 hit, we all kind of had our priorities or we had we'd kind of drifted into our priorities and they may or may not have been taking us in the direction that we were wanting to end up and so um, we've been given this gift and an opportunity to, to look at and think about and talk about our priorities in our lives again. And so to do that uh, this week, I want to um, invite Trisha Rendles, who is our family ministries uh, leader and pastor, she pastors that area of our church, to the stage, and she and I are gonna have a conversation together. So would you guys please welcome her to our stage? Well, Trisha, thank you. Thank, you for, um, thank you for being willing to be here and to share a little bit about your life and what's going on with your family with us. Um, so really to start this thing, I need to tell everybody, I got a meme this week. I'm gonna do a little bit that Trisha doesn't know about. So, um, Surprising. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so I got a meme this week and it said that Christian people should be as excited about church this weekend as they are about the Super Bowl this weekend. So if your pastor preaches a good message, you need to dump a bunch of Gatorade on him. <laughs> so, so the way this weekend is rolling for us here at Christ Community Church, I'm gonna try to ask good questions, but if any Gatorade is dumped, um, it's for Tricia. So like, that's, that's where we're gonna start with that. Um, so really, my first question for you is, who are you cheering for in the Super Bowl? Oh, man, this is a tough question actually for me. So I grew up in Missouri. I was actually born in Minnesota, but grew up in Missouri. So go Chiefs. Yeah. Um, but I am kind of also excited that um, Tom Brady has another chance at the Super Bowl. So <laughs> I'm a little so torn. You're, so you're a person. I was going to ask you, you're a house divided, but you are a person divided in this whole I, thing. I actually am. Okay. Yeah. Is your yeah. family helping you tilt one way or the other? Um, I, I really haven't asked him. What do you think? Chiefs? Yeah, oh, I, I see Chiefs. some yays for the Chiefs. All right, okay, so we're good and all that. <laughs> um, so I wanna, I wanna read a verse real quick. This is from Jeremiah chapter nine, verses 23 and 24. Um, this is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches, but let the one who boasts boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I'm the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight. And I, I wanna say to you, but also in Nick's in the room, and um, I also want you as our church to know that uh, this, I've known Trisha and Nick for a year now, and um, I get to see into their life a little bit, and these verses represent them pretty well. And in talking with Trisha at work, um, this is what she's excited about with her kids, and with their family, it's that they, they have, godly character in their lives and that they know the Lord and this is, this is a really cool thing. So I really want you to hear her heart tonight. So um, again, I'm really grateful that you're willing to, to share a little bit with us about how you and your family do it. So will you start by telling us about your family? Yeah, so um, I've been married for 17 years to Nick and we have two kids. Um, Ryan is in eighth grade and Katie is in fifth grade. And um, I've been here at the church, um, which you may have seen recently, I think there was something about that, but I've been here for about 12 years. Um, and Nick has been at Mayo for, gosh, I think I've lost track, but seven plus? Oh, there, eight, eight, eight years. So I was close. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're, we're a busy, uh, we have been a busy family, I would say, um, kind of in those active stages of life. Yeah. So. How old are your kiddos again? Um, so Ryan is 14 mm -hmm. and Katie is 10. All right, mm -hmm. good. Yeah, active stage of life. So, so I know your life was full pre-pandemic. What was life like for you guys before all this hit? Yeah, I'm sure it was like many of you, um, but 
first of all, it was planned. Anyone like to plan? Um, and my calendar had things on it that actually would happen. And so um, that, was, that was a big thing. Um, and it was full. There was a lot on our calendars. Um, as you can imagine, you know, the kids, um, they love sports. And um, we had piano and band and Awana and youth group and um, all of the great things that we have loved to do. Um, but the calendar was definitely full. And, you know, you add um, just the daily things that we all have to do, like grocery shopping and cleaning and paying bills and laundry and all the fun stuff. Um, and, you know, our days, our days were um, busy. And often I think we're in this just continuous cycle of busyness. And probably um, for myself, definitely um, my mind would just hurry from one thing to the next. It was just a constant, um, a constant go. And um, in fact, um, funny story, a little over a year ago, I was at the grocery store and I was in the checkout line and the cashier says to me, um, you know, here's your total. And I'm like, great. And I get out my wallet and I'm paying with cash and I think, oh, I can pay, you know, um, with exact change. And then I'm realizing, gosh, it's really taking a little bit too long, right? Because I'm in this constant state of mind of got to move fast. <laughs> and um, so I just hand her another dollar bill and, and I said, oh, just take it out of this. And and she just holds it in her hand and looks at me and says, it's okay, there's no one behind you. Like, you can take your time and count out your coins. And I just, I just looked at her, I'm like, okay. And so that's what I did. I took it back and took a minute, counted out my change and handed it to her. And as I left, I thought, wow, that's, that was just a moment for me, a kind of an aha of moment of, you know, I'm often in this state of just rush from one thing to the next, and it's okay. There's no one behind me. <laughs> I can take a minute. Um, but I would say that that's just kind of a, a snapshot into how my days would go, and um, they were just full and busy, and because um, we would say yes to a lot of things, because there's a lot of things that we really enjoy, um, but it filled it up pretty quick. Okay, so when, um, then when COVID hit, how did life change for you guys? Yeah, well, I remember when it first started even just coming down the pipeline, and um, I was actually sitting at my desk, and it was a Tuesday. It was March the 10th. Um, Nick had called me and said, hey, I don't know if you have been hearing what's been going on, but um, there's a lot happening. I've been in meetings all day, and I think maybe you shouldn't go tomorrow. You see, I was... Um, actually planning on leaving the next morning <clears throat> to fly out to North Carolina to see some really good friends of mine. And we had been planning this for months. Um, we were headed to Topsail Island. We'd rented a beach house to celebrate one of their milestone birthdays. And as you all can imagine, March here in Minnesota, trading winter for beach house, um, not much was going to keep me here. So uh, my response to my husband was, gosh, you know, I know that I've heard some things, but, um, you know, what could really happen in five days? I'm only gone for five days, you know? Well, let me tell you, a lot happened in those five days. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> uh, actually, when I was gone, um, a friend of mine was getting phone calls from her coworkers saying, you know, I just got a call and I'm laid off. And um, my sister was receiving calls from her school and, and emails saying, hey, your kiddos aren't going to school tomorrow until further notice, like we're figuring this out. And so um, in those five days, a lot happened. The airports were pretty quiet on the way back. Um, and, you know, I think that um, <laughs> we we went from this crazy busyness to all of a sudden life came to a halt. And um, funny enough, right before I had left, our interim pastor who is here, Dave Miles, um, he had given me this gift before he left. And it's this book by John Mark Comer called The Ruthless, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I guess he thought I needed it. Um, <laughs> 
So, so I started reading it um, on my way back and um, finished it about a week after I got back and when everything had stopped. And, and I honestly, I was like, I'm crushing this book. Yeah, this is good. I eliminated everything. Well, really, life eliminated it for me. But, um, but uh, yeah, everything just really halted whenever, whenever that happened. So um, I was Xing out all the things on the calendar and as probably many of you were too. So it all, it all stopped for all of us, really. And um, we had conversations all along, too. So, so in that, kind of when the rest of the life paused, what, what were you and Nick really starting to see the importance of or what, what kind of stuff was becoming significant to you during that first pause? Yeah, um, you know, I think the importance of time. Uh, all of a sudden, we were given this space and that we had never we hadn't had at least for a long time, of just nothing, you know? It was just open time, and we're like, what do we do with this time? And so, um, you know, we started going on walks together after dinner um, or after work, and we would have longer dinners with our kids and more conversation and um, just the ability to just be outside and visit with our neighbors um, just being home was a real gift. Um, we often would fly in and fly out, and when we were home, kind of that time was used too because we had um, things we had to prepare for the next day, right? So um, just getting to be home and getting to spend uh, time outside, getting to know our neighbors was really fun, and we have some really cool neighbors, so that's been really fun to get to know them and their kids. Um, and then I think the second thing or another thing that we... Um, really realized was just we had time for reflection and remembering. And I think when we're busy, we don't often take that time to just stop and reflect and remember um, just the goodness of God and, and how he has um, just kind of had his hand on our lives. And, um, you know, as, as you can imagine, when we've been married for 17 years, and so we've had job changes. We've had moved in, lived in different cities um, with the addition of kids, our lives changed, of course, and there's been, um, you know, really sweet seasons, and there's been seasons that have been more difficult and um, a little more uh, tense. And so, um, you know, during this particular season, you know, towards the beginning of it, of the beginning of COVID, I think um, Nick would say that he got close to pressing that panic button, you know? Um, just there were days that felt really heavy and really hard, and he reminded me that, um, that I had one day sent a text saying, hey, read Psalm 91. And I'm guessing I probably read it that day. Um, but it's always been one that's been a great go-to chapter. And here's what I love about it. Um, in verses one and two, it says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And I just love that the psalmist declares who God is, that he is our fortress and that we can trust in him. And um, the chapter continues to go on and there's you know, this um, kind of turbulence and craziness going on in the chapter and it talks about God just being the, you know, spreading his wings over you in protection. And, um, and at the end of it, I love God's response in verses 14 through 16. And here's what he says. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him, and with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. And I just love that this image of God um, just telling us, hey, you've called out to me. I love you. I'm here for you. I'll take care of you. And I think that that really just gave us as a family this great peace in moving forward into the future of the unknown, of not knowing what's next. Um, and, you know, us taking time to really reflect and remember God's faithfulness to us throughout all of these seasons that we've experienced so far. Um, I know one of your favorite characters in the Bible is Abraham, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and one of the... Um, one of just the stories about Abraham that came to my mind was when God tells Abraham in Genesis that um, 
I will make you a great nation and you will have descendants as numerous as the stars. And in that, you know, if I were Abraham, I'd be thinking, okay, wow, this is a great promise. Like, let's get going on this, you know? And, um, you know, months turn into years and pretty soon, you know, years turn upon years upon years. And it actually, um, God's promise that he made it took 25 years. It's 25 years later that Abraham and Sarah had their first son. And so in that, I'm often both encouraged and reminded that um, in these seasons of, um, of remembering God's faithfulness, that he does it in his time. And um, that's been a real encouragement to us that Oftentimes, whenever we are anticipating something or hoping for something or looking towards the future, that um, you know we have this this choice, and it's you know to remember His faithfulness and um, remind ourselves it's our job just to trust Him in that. So how did how did reflection on these really important things? How did that look for you, like pre-COVID shutdown? Yeah. Or, or did it? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, honestly, it, it's, it would have been hard. It was hard to take time to do that. And I think there were moments probably individually that we would, would reflect on what God was doing. But to take time together to really think that through. I mean, I can think of moments that Nick and I just were sitting together going, man, we're so thankful we're so thankful for God's, you know, generosity in our lives. We're so thankful that um, for the things that he has given us in the midst of, of all of this turmoil. Um, and focusing on those things instead of the things that, that were losses, if you will. Yeah. Well, and that's, and you make an important transition there. Because um, I think we could all list the things that we've lost. Mm-hmm. What... What wins have you guys seen? What gains have, have you seen in your life and in your life together as family? Yeah, um, I would say one of the wins is just relationships. Um, I mentioned earlier that we got to get to know our neighbors and that's just been really fun. Um, you know, they're just, they're great. They moved in not too long ago and so we've gotten to just have time and space to get to know them in, in other times of life that probably wouldn't have happened. Um, we have gotten to, to really spend more time together as a family. Um, you know, we're often going, we were going from here to there a lot and um, just getting time to be together and, and spend time playing games and hanging out around the dinner table and, um, and that type of thing was really fun. We've, I would say even uh, personal growth has been a win. Just taking time to be able to invest in um, what's, impo- what's been important to us, in uh, our health, in our spiritual growth. Um, I feel like we have, both Nick and I, have um, grown in our spiritual daily practices as well as practices with our family um, because we've, we all of a sudden had this space to do it. Yeah. And, um, and we wanted to grab a hold of that. And I think part of that... Um, probably just in wrapping that up is, is intentionality. We realized we had this space and time and what are we gonna do with it? We wanna be intentional about um, the time that we have. And so um, figuring out what those things were really important to us and, um, and putting those into practice. Okay, so we're talking about priorities this weekend and I'm hearing you talk about all these great things that are part of your life today that weren't, if they were there, they were smaller and um, not as significant. So we're kind of looking at future and thinking that things may, we don't know what new normal is gonna be, but um, I hear a lot of people talking about, you know, when life gets back to some of that pace that we used to run. Um, So what, what are you thinking, what are you and Nick thinking about for yourselves and the future pace priorities given what we've learned in this last year? Yeah, I think that's the hardest question. Um, as, as we have, were talking about this and just um, how do we hold on to these really good things that we have gotten to do during this time? 
Um, because we know that our kids, like, they really enjoy playing basketball. So they're, you know, we've said yes to basketball, right? Like, there's not, we're not looking to cut everything out, but at the same time, um, we really want to hold on to what we've found to be really sacred for us as a family. And um, so I think it's a constant tension. I think it's something that has to be visited often and, um, and kind of reassessed and reevaluated probably in every season in order to hold on to what's really good. Um, but I think that it'd be easy and it would be probably really easy for me just in my own personality of, um, of just going back to how things were. And that's, you know, adding, if, if there's time in the day, then yeah, count me in, I'm there, you know? <laughs> and so um, I think figuring out what it is that's really important and what God is calling us to um, would be um, really important. And um, there's a little, actually a little excerpt in this book that I'd love to read to you. And it's an excerpt from, um, he's talking about John Ortberg, who's a pastor and an author um, that you may have heard of. And then John has um, a mentor named Dallas Willard. And this is a conversation that John was having with Dallas. It says, John calls up Dallas to ask for advice. It's the late 90s, and at the time, John was working at Willow Creek Community Church in Chicago, one of the most influential churches in the world. John himself is a well-known teacher and best-selling author, the kind of guy you figure pretty much has apprenticeship to Jesus down. But behind the scenes, he felt like he was getting sucked into the vortex of, of megachurch insanity. So he calls up Willard and asks, what do I need to do to become the me that I want to be? There's a long silence on the other end of the line. And according to John, with Willard, there's always a long silence on the other end of the line. And then he said, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. John then scribbles that line down in his journal. And sadly, this was before Twitter. Otherwise, that would have broken the internet. And then he asks, okay, what else? Another long silence. Willard said, there's nothing else. Hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day and you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And I think that that's just a really um, great phrase and reminder to come back to because I think there's a lot of truth to that. When I read that, it just resonated with me that you know, when we're in this constant state of busyness and hurry and moving from one thing to the next, um, it often will kind of um, squish out, if you will, those spare moments that we can just um, be present and willing to hear from God in wherever we are at and whatever we're doing. And um, so I think that that's, you know, something that I'm trying to really work on <laughs> um, is, is just the slowdown, right? Um, and I, I heard this phrase on either a podcast or read it in a book, I'm not sure, but it, it said, priorities are lived out in action. And I think that that's really true. I think that if we would all look at what we do in our day-to-day, -day, we would probably figure out what our priorities are, right? What we give our time to is what we value, and that's what our priorities are. Um, and so, you know, in figuring out how to start in that, where do we start in that? Um, I always like to look at the end goal and work my way back. It just makes sense to me. So um, let's say, easy example, if I wanna run a 5K, um, then I would first say, okay, I want to run a 5K. How do I do that? I'd Google it. How do I run a 5K, right? Um, and then I would probably download the app that they suggest, Couch to 5K app. And, um, but it's not enough just to me to, for me to want to run it and to have the information on how to do it. I actually have to put it into action and do it and find time to prioritize it um, in order to actually one day run a 5K. Um, I think a different example, and one probably that's really close to my heart, is, um, is just my hope for my kids. You know, I think about um, my kids and if they, what, what will be important to them when they're 30? Like, what do I hope for them when they're 30 years old? Um, you know, I'm, 
I mean, maybe, I, I doubt if, you know, Ryan will play in the NBA, I don't know, like that's probably not a thing, but, so what do I actually hope for, for them, um, whenever, whenever they're 30, and, um, and Nick and I's hope for them, and our prayer for them, comes from Deuteronomy 6.5, and it's, they love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and, um, you know, we really pray that they're following Jesus in whatever they're doing, uh, whatever vocation that they're in, and um, that they'll live out their love for the Lord in whatever area of life, um, wherever life takes them. And so, you know, I'm thinking through now, what are some of those things that I wanna help to guide them towards and um, prioritize so that one day they'll, they'll be making those choices? And there's not obviously a cookie cutter answer for right. that, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think there are things that we can do to, to kind of help instill that in them. So could you flesh some of that out a little bit, kind of what you guys are processing and thinking right now? Because I know for yourself too, the love of the Lord your God, you and Nick want that for yourselves as mm -hmm. well as your kids. So yeah. what's that look like real in practical terms? Yeah, um, you know, some of the things that we just, kind of practices and rhythms that we have as a family and that we've been working towards um, is uh, prayer. I think prayer is huge. Um, and I would also say that a lot of these things I'm gonna mention are things that I got to experience growing up and I feel very fortunate for that. Um, and I thank my parents for that. Um, but I think those are some of the things that helped to shape how Nick and I also are, are parenting um, and um, teaching these things to our kids, but um, we pray with them before they go to school, um, and we, you know, pray before mealtimes and in the evening before they go to bed, so prayer is just kind of one of those um, things that are ingrained in our family that um, if we, I always tell the kids, hey, if you're in a situation where you need help or you're, you know, really nervous before a task, you know, ask the Lord for help, like, the, like pray to the Lord and, and start there, so prayer is really important. Um, I think having just quiet time, and this is one of the areas of just personal growth, I think, as well, and for us as a family, is just taking time every day to spend time in God's word. Um, and not just individually, but um, as a family, that's been something that's been really nice to do together. And we haven't always done that as a family. Um, so we've added that in, and we, and we ebb and flow in this, don't get me wrong, like we, <laughs> like we're not like every day, oh my goodness, we didn't do this, we gotta, you know, have our devotionals, but, um, but we really do try to, to do devotionals um, before dinner uh, in the evenings, and, and that's been a really sweet time to just talk about the Lord and, um, and learn together. Um, attending church, what we're doing right now, this is one of our practices. Um, this is one of the things that we feel is really important for our family. Um, and then just modeling out as parents um, what it looks like to have a relationship with Christ and, and what that looks like in our everyday. And I think, I think spiritual conversations throughout the day is just huge. Um, and you know that probably looks different in different phases of life. And so... Um, if you have little kids, you might, you know, in the car say, wow, look at that sunset. That's amazing. You know, isn't it cool that God made this beautiful sky just for us to be, for us to be able to enjoy? He's such a good creator. And just always pointing back to the Lord and giving him glory. Um, maybe you shoveled your neighbor's driveway. That would be great, right? And, you know, you can point back to, yeah, you know, Jesus says to love your neighbor as yourself. And so, you know, we want to help our neighbors and we want to, you know, uh, serve them and, and be God's hands and feet to them. And so just having those daily spiritual conversations, I think, um, is, is really good and is a good rhythm um, for that too. And, you know, I, I think that often... Um, you know, Jesus was with his disciples and he, throughout the gospels, you see him just with his disciples teaching them along the way, right? And, and he's, he's pointing things out to them and he's giving them um, ways to live and 
Um, and he doesn't run, like I never, I don't think I've read in the Bible that he was like running with his disciples from town to town. Like we gotta get there, we gotta go now, right? Like, um, you know, first one there wins. You know, I mean it's, <laughs> you know, he's, yeah. you know, and, and like our lives often look like that, but I think Jesus is teaching, teaching his disciples along the way and I think that's a great model for us to follow too and um, a great rhythm to, to adopt. Yeah, I was thinking, I, yeah, it doesn't ever say he ran, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is unfortunate um, for the way we live. Yeah. So um, I mean, how would you sum up just a practical way for us to start prioritizing the important things for putting those first? Yeah, um, I think priorities are forged in just every decision that we make every day. It's in the little decisions, I think, that then shape our next decisions and shape our future. And so... Um, I think just keeping the long term in mind as you are prioritizing um, in the short term, you know, figuring out what's your long term and am, am I making choices that are going to be really helpful for me in the future in shaping um, where I want to go? And I think that that's, that's probably one of the big determinations, I would say. Um, you know, I... I would also say that as you're doing that, find people to be accountable um, and come alongside of you because I can tell you, I can make goals and priorities all day, but I need people <laughs> to hold me to them um, because the hard part is following through, you know? I mean, I can write down great, great ideas and great thoughts and yes, I'm gonna do this and then three days later, I really don't wanna get out of bed when my alarm clock goes off and, you know, and, uh, you know, so I need someone to kind of shove me out of bed, which Nick does, um, which is great. So, you know, we need, we need that accountability. And so find who that person is. It might be a neighbor, it might be a family member or a spouse or um, a friend, but find that person that will hold you accountable. Tell them what you're hoping to, to do and how you're trying to prioritize. I think that's huge. Um, maybe it's a small group and, and you guys hold each other accountable, but um, I think that that's really big in any stage of life. It doesn't matter if you are, you know, single or married without kids or empty nesters or in the stage of life with kids, um, whatever stage of life you're in, as you're prioritizing, you know, what your um, future, what you want your future to look like, you need people to come alongside of you and help help you to stay on track, right? Um one last thing from this book that I thought was fantastic in this. Um, the author is talking about Jesus here in this little paragraph, and I just wanna read this to you. It says, he put on display an unhurried life where space for God and love for people were the top priorities. And because he said yes to the Father and his kingdom, he constantly said no to countless other invitations. And then he turned around and said, follow me. kind of feel like that's just like a mic drop right there. Like, let's just do that, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but Jesus really invites us into this, um, into this picture of just an unhurried space where we make time for him and we um, have time to love people. And I think that that's really important. And um, probably in the midst of figuring out you know, what our priorities are going to be and what that looks like and what we're gonna give our time to. I think that those are some of the questions we really have to ask whenever we are prioritizing is, are we leaving space? Are we leaving space for God to guide us, to guide this time? Are we leaving space to be able to see the people along the way? Because if I'm hurrying from one place to the next, I'm not noticing the people around me and the things that God might be inviting me into um, to make a difference in that in that day, in that person's life. And so I think just having that space and that time um, to let God, to let God move yeah. is important. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so um, this is just kind of a wide open question for you. You lead our family ministries here. Um, you're talking to most of the people that, you know, you haven't seen a lot of these kids or whatever in a while and it's the parents that you get to interact with. So just, what do you wanna say? Is there anything you wanna say to our church? How long can they be here? I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. As long as you want. It's comfortable <laughs> up here. It's all good. No. Um, you know, I think, I think as Christ followers, um, if you know the Lord, and um, I just think that there's this 
um, beautiful thing that God invites us into in relationship with him. And, um, and, you know, I just would say, let's say yes and let's follow, you know, let's figure out what that looks like. And um, he's cheering us on, you know, we're not going to do this perfectly. I think that's another thing is sometimes we get so caught up in, oh, I got to do this and I got to do that. We're not going to do it perfectly. I don't do things perfectly. That's for sure. And so, you know, but, but he invites us into this beautiful relationship with him of this grace and this forgiveness and this, um, you know, this, what you often say is God's moving toward, always moving towards us. And I think that that's a beautiful picture um, of, of him. And, and I would just say, let's say yes and let's, let's follow the best we can. And um, it, when we're talking about priorities, I think there's always this bit of tension as to what do I give my time to because so much is demanding my time. And just starting out by giving our day to him, giving our day to the Lord and saying, you know, God, I have these things in my day, but do with it what you will. Yeah, cool. Thank you. All right, so um, for you guys, if you're new, one of the things that we do every week is we have questions for discussion. So it doesn't just end when, you know, we say amen here or you turn off the TV at home. Um, and so you've written questions for us this week. You yeah. want to you wanna ask them? But, uh, sure. It'll be sure. good. These yeah. are good questions. <laughs> well, the first one is, how did you respond when the world began to shut down? I think we all had we all probably can remember um, when that happened. So that might be a fun question for you to talk about. Um, Number two, do you agree or disagree with this quote from Dallas Willard? Hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day, and you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Uh, Number three, during this pandemic, what are some of the things that you would call wins for you and or your family, and how will you hold on to those as you move forward? I think it's really... Um, it was a fun thing for me to do to look back and think, gosh, what are some things that we're really grateful for? Um, and I think that that would be encouraging to you too. Number four, how have you seen the faithfulness of God in the past year? And do you trust him with your future? And number five, how do you feel about the statement priorities are lived out in action? What are you giving your time to? And do you need to reassess or realign your priorities? Um, number six, do your priorities guide you toward a growing faith and having a gospel impact um, with those in your everyday? Why or why not? Those are good questions. Yeah, thank you for writing those and thanks yeah. for sharing your story with us today and the things yeah. that you're learning. I really, I really appreciate that it was helpful for me. I'm sure it was helpful for you guys. So um, can, can I conclude us by, just by praying for us? Would you guys please bow your head and close your eyes with me? So Lord, we thank you for showing up uh, in in times where everything else just shuts down, and um, we there's a lot of this season that has that has been hard, that's been difficult, that has been stuff that um, that we have prayed through and we have prayed against. But there are some pieces of this that that have been a gift to us, and I really appreciate Nick and Tricia and their family and how they've um, looked to you and how they've followed you, and it's it's been exemplary, and I. I thank you for her willingness to share um, what they're learning during this season. And so I pray that you would um, you'd stir our hearts today, that we, would, that we would see you in those moments, especially where you're, you're shining brightly, that we would be drawn to you um, as, we, as we engage with this new normal, as, as whatever comes at us next, as we engage with these transitions. I pray that that we would follow Jesus' example, that, that we would just be unhurried in our time for and with you and our time for and with the people that you put in our path. We really do wanna be a church of, um, of generous people who honor you, Jesus, who love each other really well and who, who love and serve our neighbors too. And we, want, we want your name to be lifted high in all of that. And so thanks for this time together today. And Jesus, we love you, so we pray these things in your name. Amen. Will you guys thank Trisha with me and...